We're offering benediction to the innocents, and because there's an emergency, we're going to have to call in Chippendale, the Rescue Rangers. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Vex Perfect, and this is Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Offscreen. It's great to see you for another week again. It's great to hear you, in fact, because that's probably how you're hearing us is listening through this podcast. Well, we are back with more movies on the big screen, the small screen and everything in between for you. So if you need your guide for the next week to take you through movie land, we've got you covered. And this week, wow, we've got a pair of chipmunks that's going to see us off the top big screen. We're going to be running you through maybe some crazy rich Asians. And then we're going to be ending with a few little... 4.5 introductions to a little world called Jackass. Uh, But first, we've got um, Benediction as our movie that's out today. It's rated 15. It is starring Jack Loudon. We've both seen it. That's my bad, by the way. It's a 12. I messed that up. Oh, it's a 12. It's actually a 12 because it's not actually a very graphic film when when you think about it. But sorry, carry on. No, it's, it's, it's not very graphic, but it is very slow. Uh, we'll come on to that. <laughs> but it stars uh, Jack Loudon, Peter Capaldi. We've got Jeremy Irvine in this as well. Simon Russell Beale. There's a whole host of British uh, stars uh, in this movie. Um, and it's basically all about the 20th century war poet Siegfried Sassoon's lifelong quest for personal salvation, shall we say. It is not your place to question how the war is being prosecuted. Your duty lies in obeying orders. Duty. That word covers a multitude of sins. In the face of such slaughter, one cannot simply order one's conscience. One can do better than that. One can ignore it. That reply was so disgraceful, you ought to be in politics. That was impertinent, Lieutenant. Are you pro-German? No, I'm pro-human. We're not here to discuss humanity. That is religion's sphere of operations. And what of morality? I mean, I would describe this in a nutshell as a classy-looking snoozer. Um, You you picked up almost immediately on the pace of this, and and rightly so, because it's it's quite a slow one. I mean, then again, it's a Terence Davies movie, so we kind of know what to expect there. 147 minutes this clock's in, and the sum total, the the great takeaway, the ultimate thesis being put on display is Siegfried Sassoon. He loved them boys. Um, The biggest (laughs) takeaway, I, I mean, first of all, Jack Loudon, Right. Yeah, Jack Loudon's always good, but he's so much better than this material. Like yes. this is this is laborious to the point that you almost feel nostalgic for the only other time Siegfried Sassoon was ever a factor in your life, which was of course GCSE English, so no one below a certain age threshold is gonna want to revisit this anytime soon. Um but I came away from this thing and I, Jeremy Irvin has grown a pair and, and found some charisma. I didn't see that coming. That's the big yeah. shock of this movie. Like, the big shock of this is I came away thinking, I would watch Jeremy Irvin do that performance in something else, which is not something I have ever said of him before. Do you know what? I thought to myself, you know, obviously, Eddie Redmayne's been in Cabaret of late and on the West End stage, and I was like, I think Jeremy Irvine could could take over that role, you know? He he plays his character with... Yeah, you, you expect him to be stiff and, you know, just wooden in his acting skills, but actually he's incredibly great as this flamboyant... <laughs> Say again? But he's my oyster. I always remember <laughs> just how trippy he used to be. Oh, good yeah. God. 
he's come into his own, but unfortunately, it's in the wrong movie. Because um, this isn't really going to get seen by anyone, is it? <laughs> well, I, I have I have it on my note, my final note on here, and I think we can just sign off on this one, to be honest, is pants, yeah. but Marks and Spencer's pants. I think that sums it up nicely. Good note. That is yeah, a good note. <laughs> something, something a bit more exciting then. Uh, and this is one that comes out in cinemas today and also, I think, on Amazon Prime a week from today. So it's going to streaming within a week. Uh, stars uh, RJ Siler is amongst an ensemble cast here. Um, it's called Emergency. Now, I swear I've, I've, I've heard this referred to by other titles. I'm sure I've heard this referred to as No Exit uh, somewhere as well. It, I think it's sort of, it sits halfway between um, the racially charged theology of a Jordan Peele uh, horror movie and something like Happy Death Day. I would say it sits sort of in the middle t- tonally. Um, it's, it's called Emergency. It stars RJ Siler alongside uh, Donald Lee's Watkins, whose name I know from other things I've, I've seen. And great performer. I know I've seen him in other things. I just can't place him. I've not pulled up the page yet. I'm going to when we do the clip. The idea is they are two uh, young African-American college students. They're, but, well, I mean, in the case of uh, Donald Lee Watkins as Kumle, he is destined for huge things. He is a prodigy. He's going to go on and do massive yeah. things with his life from this prestigious college at which there is a, there is a celebration, there is a wall in which they literally celebrate African-American students who've been the first to achieve things. Now, Kumle and his sort of wayward stoner best friend, who's played by R.J. Siler, in absolutely scene-stealing mode, by the way, absolutely owns this movie. They decide they're going to be the, the first African-American students. They're going to make it onto this wall, and they're going to be celebrated for being the first to have done the, I think it's the legendary tour or something like that, which yeah. is seven big college parties in one night. This is how they want to celebrate. This is what they're going to be remembered for. However... Plans quickly go off the rail when they return home to pick up their keys before getting to the first party, only to discover a little something waiting for them. As you'll hear here. There's an unconscious white girl in our living room. What? Okay, she's she's alive. We should call 911. Hey, stop! Are you crazy? We didn't do hey, anything hey, wrong. We don't have to do nothing wrong, Kunlay. The cops are not gonna listen. They just gonna come in here and see three brown guys hanging over this little white girl. We looked everywhere, and we can track her on your phone. We can't just leave her somewhere. We take her to the hospital. Shotgun. So this film, initially, I think, is very uh, misconceiving in a way because I think from the first... 20 minutes or so, you think you're watching like your standard frat party kind of comedy, things like that. And even when this incident happens, Mm. you expect them to deal with it in a more comedic way, but it goes much darker than that. And well, I had a horror take- movie in my head. I thought this was being set up from... I mean, it's called Emergency. You know, it's a college yeah. set thing. The poster looks very horrorish. And then you get that very Happy Death Day-ish tone at the beginning. And I thought, this mm. is going to wind up being like a slasher flick, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if it 100% knows what it wanted to be. And I slightly mm. have an issue with that, where I'm fine if a film takes you on a twist and turn of a journey, but if it's unsure of its own journey, that could be slightly problematic. And that's what I felt with Emergency. I don't know. I thought as a comedically charged sort of dramatic thriller, 
it works. And it took me back. The only thing I could think of was quite comparable was in the late 90s. With uh, Do you remember a film called Dead Man's Curve in the late 1990s? Mm. I think it starred Michael Varton. And, uh, it, the idea was it was about two college students who discovered that if you could get the third one, if you get your third roommate to commit suicide, you got a free pass through college. And they literally took on suicidal roommates, like audition suicidal dark. roommates to do this. It was really dark and really twisted, but also really good. If I'm about 15 when I saw it, so I mean, I could be misremembering. Hmm. Rose tinted glasses and all. There was also a comedic. There was a straight comedy version done of it, like a year later as well, called Dead Man on uh, called Dead Man on Campus. I think it's Dead Man's Curve and Dead Man on Campus. Dead Man on Campus was uh, Mark Paul Gosselaar from Saved by the Bell, same basic concept. Ah. But Dead Man's Curve, the, the dramatic one, very much like this. Only. This really works, though, and it works for me based entirely on that relationship and that chemistry between RJ Siler and Donald Elise Watkins. They've got this kind of fizzy energy to them that, again, keeps it in that sort of happy death day-ish kind of tone, that almost Blumhouse-ish tone. And especially when you get to that opening scene in which they're discussing racial slurs in a college setting, you think very Jordan Peele. You start to go very, huh, Jordan Peele, what was the one recently? We had an African-American college set uh, racially charged horror film recently that I forget offhand, and I forget who it starred as well. It'll, it'll come to me. But mm. uh, I, thought very, I thought very Jordan Peele right at the beginning mm, of this. I see that. And yeah. there's and there's a little bit of that nod nod, you know, and a bit of a nudge and a wink kind of a, a of a sensibility going through. It really worked for me. I think there's more of an audience for this likely on streaming in a week's time. But mm. I think if you're going out for something and you want something a bit out of the order, something like Running Scared with Paul Walker for your mm. Saturday night, something that's just a, an unusual date movie type thing, go and see Emergency. I think this will definitely find its audience there. Welcome back to Off Screen. So if you liked our big screen recommendations, don't go anywhere. We have got two more for you. And I have to say, you're going to want to wait till our, uh, not this one that we're talking about, but the one after it is going to be a real hoot for you. And I know Van's I'm really excited about talking gonna about I'm going to know it. as well, that one gets to go on streaming. I think The Innocence that we're going to review first, I think is available on digital as well. But it's primarily oh, cool. theatrical, digital extra. And I think Chip and Dale is just going to be streaming. I think that's just Disney Plus on its own there. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, we are talking about The Innocence first. A Norwegian movie looks a little bit scary. I managed to catch a couple of little clips of it and I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure this is my cup of tea. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I think you'd love this as well. Did you see that film a few years ago, The Transfiguration? Do you remember that one? It was a big red poster and it was about the young boy on the, the sort of projects, tower block in the US, like New York, Bronx kind of projects he was a vampire but was he or was he really that kind of thing do you remember that one it was really really about 2017 sure I, do. I think it was really good though and i was reminded of that a lot with the instance i was reminded of the transfiguration and also let the right one in which is what's that like you know 12 13 years old now not the right one in i think it's been remade uh since but this is uh, during the summer on a similar kind of council estate and uh, this is a group of children or you know and it's, it's, it's kind of given that perspective kind of something like the florida project where you, you see it from the little uh -huh. girls kind of perspective but in this case there's, there's there's three sets of kids 
there's a little boy on his own, there's a little girl on her own, and then there's uh, a little girl who has an older sister with disabilities. That I think I think she m- might be autistic, and the and, and she's she, she's trying to. Her uh, parents are constantly trying to communicate with her. And during this one particular summer, the kids start to mysteriously, when the parents aren't around, start to exhibit strange abilities, uh, in an almost chronicle-like fashion. It has to be said. And in a very childhood innocence, you know, that summer of our innocent youth kind of a way, um, we see these kids start to explore their powers and, and basically discover how these powers then get amplified when they are together and then and, and use the and, and use them in tandem. This, of course, then leads to fractures within the group, like certain friends become enemies, enemies become friends, everyone learns a lesson along the way kind of thing. Obviously, I'm buying time because we haven't got a clip because the whole thing's going to be subtitled, and for audio purposes, that does not fill our boots. But, uh, yeah, really, really good, this one. But you should have watched it. This was really great. Uh, I know you think that I should have watched this. I, I tell you what, I, I explained this to you when I was off um, off air uh, before we came on to record this. And I did say that uh, last week I basically binge watched a couple of the movies that we had. And I looked at this and I thought, I'm home alone. Yeah. It looks pretty scary. This is not the film for me right now. <laughs> I, think that's I mean, I will I say... Conclusion. As 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 sort of horror, as sort of more elevated, grittier horror movies go, this one gets gets to a point where you sit and think, "There's no way they're gonna go there," and then they go there, which you know automatically always mm. gets an extra star on the review. For me, like if you if you just show a, a little bit extra gumption in in the lengths to which you're willing to go for things, great. Okay, I'll, I'll hats off to you. I was describing scenes from this, just moments from this, to Miriam. After I watched it, and I was, and she was just gobsmacked that any of this could could happen. Imagine a better version of Chronicle, like with younger <laughs> kids and without the found footage, and that's what you get with the Innocents. I think it's an absolute blinder. I think the horror crowd would be hard pressed to find anything near this good uh, this Ooh. weekend. Like I say, I think um, Emergency is going to be the, the crowd pleaser at the box office. I think this is the one for the horror fans. And I think for anyone staying home, though. We've got a little something for you next. So I think it's time. What do you think, Bex? I think it might be time. I think I've, I haven't seen you this excited about a bunch of chipmunks since <laughs> God knows when. <laughs> but we are talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, something I haven't seen t- since probably, God, a good 20 years, if not longer. Uh, but I've always been a fan of these little, little chipmunks, Alvin, Simon and Theodore. And I'm interested to see what they do on the on Disney Plus from today. So obviously it's rated PG, so not for the tiny, teeny ones, but definitely slightly older teens, uh, not teens, slightly older kids that might actually get something out of this. So, yeah, to Chip and Dale are back. So the idea it is, and first of all, Alvin, Simon and Theodore do genuinely turn up in this. There is. <laughs> a, a, if, if, and, and saying that isn't really a spoiler because I would literally be spoiling a drop in an ocean for you. I'm going to drop some names in a few minutes just offhandedly without even meaning to that are going to sound completely outlandish. Uh, if I do, and 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 believe me, they make sense because there are a billion cameos in this. So first of all, uh, this is directed by Akiva Schaefer, and I think co-written by uh, John John Mulaney and 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 Andy Samberg. So there's a lot. You're getting a lot of SNL humor in this. Nice. It's very much. It starts out like pop star 
in the world of Roger Rabbit, if you can imagine that. With oh Roger Rabbit literally turning up. there is, and, and it's narrated in that way that Andy Samberg does in Popstar. So the idea we get here is that Chip and Dale were actors and that Rescue Rangers was their first show. It was then cancelled after, you know, the usual kind of pop star-like ego type thing behind the scenes. It's now decades later. In the world, there are tunes, there are live action, they combine on screen in much the same way as, for instance, Zootopia, as uh, as, as, as in Inside Out and things like that, and, and Roger Rabbit, of course. And years later, the pair are then reunited after being estranged when they come together because Monterey Jack, who you might remember is the big mouse with the mustache who did all the flying mm-hmm. in, yeah, the, in yeah, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, with the show. bomber jacket. Yeah, with the bomber jacket. He's voiced by Eric Barner now, by the way. Just just a what? little aside. Yeah. So they're going for the full Monterey Jack or Aussie, the Aussie shtick. Uh, he goes missing. Chip and Dale voiced respectively by John Mulaney and Andy Sandberg, must reunite to take on the case and recover their rescued friend, as we'll hear in this clip. But man, I tell you, the real hot ticket is Rescue Rangers. There's even some buzz about a reboot. Someone started a Facebook fan page for it and everything. Crikey, a Facebook fan page? I don't just give those away. Oh, he's full of it, Monty. No one's talking about a Rescue Rangers reboot except for him. What? The fans are hungry for it. Look, I came here to help Monty, not get caught up in some Hollywood nonsense. So, great to take this skip down memory lane, but I've gotta go. Monty, if you're really in trouble, you know how to find me. Dale, you were also here. <laughs> now, I've just been re- I've just realized the error of what I said when I led you into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Simon Theodore, Alvin, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, hang on, I do remember Chippendale mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers, and I do remember Alvin, Simon and Theodore, they're totally different TV cartoon programs, aren't they? Well, because they were popular around about the same time, they do tend to get interchanged. I think they both had animated series in the late 80s that more yeah. or less at the exact same time. And they had both come from the 50s and 60s. I believe in The Simpsons it's referred to as the rodent invasion of the early 60s. Melvin and the Squirrels, famously, I believe. Oh, um, yeah. Th- this is straight up awesome. I absolutely, end to end, loved this. At times I thought, I wonder if this is too slow for kids. And then they just dropped another thing. I'm like, nah, nah, forget it, forget it. We're all good. We're all good on this one. Um, The scene stealer of this, bizarrely, seems to be the only character that Disney don't own. Not factually true, there are one or two others. I can only imagine at some point Disney have have just had a really productive coffee meeting with their Paramount counterparts, is all I can say. And Mm. they they, they went through it all being like, okay, so we can name drop and and we can use this. this." Because there's weird little things. Like in the background at one point, you get like vote for Senator Butthead and things like like (laughs) Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. And there's loads of little things like that. But the MVP genuinely is a character that Disney in no way have licensed to use. So I can only imagine great productive meeting. Um, Great fun. Absolutely everything about it works. It's a brilliant detective movie. It kind of works like Detective Pikachu at times, kind of a bit Roger Rabbit. Um, Mm -hmm. In a contemporary sense for the pacing, Pikachu is, I think, perhaps more apt. There's loads of cameos and drops in there, brands like Beauty and the Beast, Lumiere, Lion King, loads of stuff like that. There's a great sidekick gag involving just how many animated characters Seth Rogen has voiced at this point (laughs) that turns out to be the absolute showstopper. 
J.K. Simmons absolutely playing to, you know, that J.K. Simmons type, getting to be the gruff yeah. cop, complete with the mustache and everything, but in animated form. <laughs> well, what do we got going on here then? You know, that kind of J.K. Simmons uh, yeah. kind of role. There's a great gag where they've got Dale as CGI, but Chip as 2D animation. It's just explained that, oh, he had the CG surgery. You know, and, and it's done to, like, play to so have your cake and eat it so that no one's complaining, oh, they didn't do this style of animation. It works. It's really fun. Um, kids are going to love this just for how wacky and zany and Disney it is. Um, adults are going to love this for the nostalgia throwback appeal, but also just for being a really good meta comeback movie. It does work as pop star for kids in the world of Roger <laughs> Rabbit. They've got the perfect cast for it. I'd argue Mulaney doesn't work less successfully, I think, than Sandberg. But still pretty good. It still absolutely lands. It, for my money, the best movie out this weekend. And it's the one you don't even have to leave your home for. So Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus from today to throbbing thumbs up from me. Absolutely great to have them back. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex. Hey, Van. What's going on? Hey, nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. So, Bex, prepare to meet Meet Cute Box, the membership crate for you and your partner. We love a good monthly subscription box, and Meet Cute Box is a monthly subscription that creates themed date night boxes. They're handmade and contain up to four items, along with a love-inspired date night for each month. Each box is the result of gathering unique items from local businesses around the world and packaged along with a new theme every month to give you and your partner a fun surprise to enjoy. Membership starts at only $29.99, with each box valued up to $100. So head on over to meetcutebox.com to learn more and receive the box as early as next week. That's M-E-E-T-Cutebox, Box, made for love with love. Meanwhile, are you ready to launch your new career in coding? Well, that's good timing, because our sponsor for this week, Treehouse, has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, they've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. When you're done with a course, you haven't just watched a video, you learned, practiced, and absorbed a concept. Or choose to build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with their bootcamp-style tech degree program. Land a dev job this year. Whatever your goal, Treehouse will get you there. And you can get 50% off your first month as an off-screen listener through the special discount link in our episode description. A pretty sweet first step in your future coding career, thanks to our friends at Treehouse. Welcome back to Off Screen. Now we've taken you on that wild ride of the big screen. It is now to see what your seven-day guide is when it comes to top movies on your telly box. And we are kicking off with a 1993 Certificate 15 classic that is on 9pm on ITV4. It is, of course, you can imagine that Van is just chomping at the bit to talk about this Demolition Man. I, I have no idea of what you speak. I, I personally, I thought, I, I mistook, I thought it was Demolition starring, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. I had no idea. It was a 1993 <laughs> Sylvester Sloan Wesley Snipes action. Forgive me, the floor. Uh, no, I'm going to take every chance I ever get to talk about Demolition Man. The, the joke now with Demolition Man is that it's become quite prescient as, as the you know two and a half yeah. decades have gone by. It's become quite, uh, you know, quite predictive. Um 
for me, that's that's not the no, that's kind of a cherry on top. For me, it's just a damn great action movie. Stallone is the cop wrongly imprisoned in a cryo prison, only to then get woken up when the when the criminal who put him there, a ruthless terrorist played by Wesley Snipes, with just the most epic bleach blonde hairdo you've ever seen and just yeah, iconic I'm going to throw this out there as well Wesley Snipes is just the coolest man to ever wear dungarees ever right Mario is maybe second there's maybe <laughs> Mario in second no other men have ever looked this cool in dungarees okay full stop and, and, and I am talking Fair. about the animated the, the video game version not Bob Hoskins when I say Mario uh, so Wesley Snipes is the, the, the terrorist who breaks out of cryo prison and is set loose on a utopian 2032 and forces the then much more um, much more liberal sanitized peace you know peace in our time level police officers to have to release the unhinged 90s cops alone place upon them uh, don't, don't just take my word for it it's as brilliant as it sounds enjoy the cult cult clash comedy that is Demolition Man I don't know if you guys know it but you're uh, you're out of toilet paper did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> I can see how that could be confusing. There we go. Demolition Man for you. Again, that's at 9pm on ITV4. Moving on to your Saturday night. Ah, I love this movie. It was out in 2018. It is on uh, your telly box on BBC One at 10.20pm. Far too late for this, I think. It's Crazy Rich Asians. I think it's, uh, it's one of those movies that I think was groundbreaking not only from the book but also from the film itself so it stars Constance Wu and Henry Golding amongst a a plethora of brilliant stars and it is the story of a native New Yorker called Rachel Chu who goes to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family unbeknownst to her until she gets on that plane that they might be a little bit richer than what she initially imagined. I love this. I'm just going to throw it out there, by the way. Like, she should have been more intimidated by the fact that she, she was, you know, she was marrying the son of Michelle Yeoh. Because I, yeah, I, I true. that surely would be more intimidating than, <laughs> than <laughs> yeah. rich. Like, just Michelle Yeoh is intimidating enough. Michelle Yeoh and rich even more intimate fantastic yeah an absolutely star making turn i think for, for henry golden like this really put him on our, on our, it really uh, did. On our radar i think and i'm excited uh, but, i'm excited to see about the uh the spin-off uh with Gemma chan as well that's happening yeah. very soon. was was that because she's getting her own spin-off where it's all about her romance with is that the character that's in crazy rich asians yeah, yeah. So her character of Astrid. Um, no, the one and she's then, romancing. She oh, actually meets uh, him Charlie in the movie, Woo. she? Yeah, yeah, she meets him and then some, it, nothing really mm. comes of it. And then it's uh, there's a, a, an inkling that something might happen. And then this I is the do recall that. now. So yeah. we're just getting a movie of, of Gemma Chan dating. Nice. I mean, cool. Does she wear nice dresses? <laughs> 
Sold. <laughs> right. Uh, Sunday night then. A channel we have, I don't think we've ever recommended a film on. Pick. So on Pick, Ooh. on Sunday night at 9pm, forgive the microphone popping, Pick. On Pick, you can see Class Action Park. Uh, Class Action Park is this absolutely insane documentary that dropped when HBO Max arrived about two years ago. It is about Action Park in New Jersey. Have you heard of Action Park, Max? No, I've not. I've not. Right. I've not been to New Jersey either. <laughs> the story got adapted into a comedy starring Johnny Knoxville called Action Point about two years ago, funnily enough, around the same time as the documentary. It is a documentary about a theme park which started out as a ski resort that then got turned into a water park that then got turned into an everything park. The everything coming with the asterisk of safety literally not included. They did not mm. care what ride they put on. As long as it got kids through the door, they would literally create anything safety was not a consideration something that would then become a huge factor when they also started serving alcohol in the park particularly to minors six people died in this park in the 1980s and it didn't close then it went on for years after it became part of the legend go to action park and see if you will survive um we, we have got a clip not no time because we have to move on um absolutely check this out insane documentary 9 p.m on sunday night on pick it's it's called class action park it is absolutely deranged and then if you want to see more of it you can literally watch johnny knoxville do it with actual stunts jackass dogs i think it's a jackass presents in action point which i think is on might be on amazon prime or netflix as well but monday night 10 55 back oh you know you and me love a good 90s thriller over oh. on great movies they've got one of the definitive ones single white females and we've got a clip for this as yes well. There is one indeed. So this is on at 10.55pm on Monday on, on Great Movies, as you mentioned. Um, love a great movie, hate a bad tenant, is what I'd say about this. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so this is the story. It stars Bridget Fonda and um, and also... Jennifer oh my Jason, goodness, Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Yes. And this is about the, the tenant that goes all wrong. And it's, it's one of those movies. It was 1992 when it came out. Again, it's one of those movies that I watched way too young, shouldn't have watched it, have done, scarred me for life, never watched it again, love to see it again, can't wait for this. Uh, 10.55 on great movies, let's have a listen to a clip, shall we? Yeah, let's have a listen to the most possessive flatmate in the universe. Hetty, what are you doing in my room? I've been waiting since six o'clock last night to hear from you. I've been worried sick. But it was crying all night, I finally had to come in here so it calmed down. Sorry, I guess I just didn't think. No, you didn't. And there's such a thing as a phone, you know? This is New York. Things happen. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. It was thoughtless. Really. <sighs> Making me feel like I'm 16 years old here. I miss Bridget Fonda uh. in movies. She just never turns up in movies. Jennifer Jason Leigh was in, like, uh, uh, oh, what was the movie I really loved from Brandon Cro Possessor? Brandon Cronenberg a couple of years ago. Um, she's still around all the time, Jennifer Jason Leigh. I just miss Bridget Fonda. A uh, single white female, though, came out at that point in the, in the early 90s when that was Hollywood's bread and butter. Like... Yeah. The same way that pain in the ass cardigan film critics now complain about there being Hume, Hume, Hume movies. In the early 1990s, you could not move 
for R-rated suburban set thrillers starring sexy young people in apartments. Okay, that was what movies were, and then and, and occasionally you got one with some boob. That was that was how they pushed <laughs> the envelope. Okay, that was yeah. Hand that rocks the cradle. Single white female. Pacific Heights. Malice. You, you couldn't move. Everyone was doing one of these movies, and single white female was arguably one of the biggest zeitgeist defining ones of all of them. I think. Was it was it this one or was it Hand That Rocks the Cradle that has a stiletto? I can't remember. I think it's Hand That Rocks the Cradle, isn't it? Is it? I think yeah. I think Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the stiletto because yeah. isn't it Julianne Moore? I think it's Julianne and Moore. Rebecca and Rebecca De Mornay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what? They're yeah. all all of these movies are about as good as each other and are about as iconic oh, yeah. in my mind. So you know. I'm not even going to take that as a diss. 10.55, Monday night, single white female is on great movies. It is a great movie. Get it watched. So, Tuesday, one I know you like. Uh, 9 p.m. on film fallbacks. Sicario. What have we got to say on Sicario? Uh, Five-star movie from me. Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, The Cartel. It is, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is gritty, like bleak. And actually almost feels part documentary in, in, in parts when you're kind of go, mm. driving around like horrible territories of, of Mexico where there is, we really would fear for your life. But it is mm. it is the movie that spawned a pretty decent sequel as well. But this, for me, is something that I just, I watched it and I just went, wow, this is amazing. So if you haven't that. seen it, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a good, I wouldn't say it's a good Tuesday night movie, but I'd say it was just generally a good movie. Uh, you'll want to catch it 9pm on Film 4. Uh, movie that I know you love as well, this is moving straight on to Wednesday, 10.45pm on the Horror Channel is Legion. Is this Paul Bettany? This is Paul Bettany. Well, I figure he's in the headlines so much now, like in every Johnny Johnny Depp trial article, that let's let's give an actual, you know, and Paul Bettany movie a shout. Uh, also, there was nothing else of, of real worth on on Wednesday night, so <laughs> I'll always take an opportunity to watch Terminator with Angels, starring yeah. Paul Bettany in the in, in, in the Kyle Reese role. Uh, down. Great fun. You, you know it's you know it's gonna be a shocky good time, because Tyrese turns up in it. <laughs> what more do you need? So off to end the week then, Thursday night, 9pm ITV4. We'll, we'll play a clip. I don't think this one really needs any any, any introduction to most people, but it's that it was it was the big mood elevator theatrically post 9-11. So I think they bumped up the release by a few months. So this came out in fall of 2001. And the idea was to try and just basically bolster spirits and to build some American nationalist pride as the first military actions were kicking off overseas. It is, of course, Gene Hackman and Owen Wilson in Behind Enemy Lines. Our man is down behind enemy lines. Now what the f*** is the problem? Do you have any idea how much damage this incident may cause to the peace process? All I know, Admiral, is that the American people want their pilot back. Exactly! Americans, all you care about is your own damn pilots. What happens when the fighting starts again? Will America recommit its forces to stop a major war? You don't have any control over that little detail, do you? You might have helped save your man today, Regan. And I emphasize might. But you'll risk the lives of thousands tomorrow. Yeah, America! Wow. Oh, damn, I miss Gene Hackman. <laughs> I hope he's... You know, I saw a picture of him recently. He's 91. He's a very frail yeah, version of his former self. But, do you know what? I hope he's having the best retirement. I miss Gene Hackman so much. That man made a movie. 
but alas. Behind Enemy Lines, perfect movie to round off the week. A damn good actioner. 9pm, Thursday night, ITV4. Get some action. Welcome back to Offscreen. We hope you enjoyed our seven-day guide to all the top movies on your telly box. And now we're taking you through that DVD streaming and, you know, just general Blu-ray aisle, the things that may or may not exist. Uh, we're actually focusing very much on streaming this t- this week because there's a lot out. Uh, we've talked about one of them, which is what we're kickstarting with, which is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, Van, big, big fan of this movie. And pros- possibly, if you're not going to go and see it on the big screen... This is an opportunity for you to catch it on the small screen, isn't it? I don't think... I, I think there was talk of a limited theatrical for it, like a really mm. limited small number of venues theatrical, but I've seen nothing. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure how, how that's that's working out, but uh, I, I saw it. I watched it on a streaming link, and I thought it was an absolute hoot. So I would I would definitely watch that. Plus, it's one of those that I think young kids are going to enjoy just because, you know, the same... Thing of the of, of, as Al, of Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, it's like kids just love animated mm. talking animals. I know my nephew would enjoy Rescue Rangers. He would know nap all of what was going on in the plot at any minute. You know, I, I remember showing him Adam's Family too for the first time, and he, he, the only time he laughed was when they drove through a big stack of poop. Like that amused him. But uh, that's children for you. But alas, on on Disney Plus also today, uh, alongside Chippendale Rescue Rangers, is uh, the first two entries of a particularly beloved action franchise. For me, it's the series that gave us all action star Jason Statham, a.k.a. The State. <laughs> it is Transporter and Transporter 2. There is a subtitle, I think, somewhere for Transporter 2, but I, I think they stopped using it in the early marketing at some point, uh, around the time that it became an Audi car commercial. Um, but these are the first two entries of the series starring Statham as Frank Martin, the ex. Mm. I forget what he is in this one. Is he Special Forces? Is he CIA? I, I forget, but he's of course an ex he is. Of course he is. He's all of them. He's always an ex, but I'm not sure which specific ex he is in this one. You know what I mean? Like, Yes, Nathan's always act. But either way, he's now he's now a career for hire. And as you can hear, he has very, very specific terms and conditions. Rule one, never change the deal. The deal is transportation for three men with a combined weight of 254 kilos. Yeah, well, this is a new deal. An extra 80 kilos means we'll not make your destination on the gas I have allotted. So we'll stop and get more gas. Every stop we make exposes us. Every exposure increases the risk of getting caught. X-ray kilos means the Coney shock absorbers I installed for this job will not give us the ability to outmaneuver any police that might be chasing us. Which means, if there is a chase, we lose our advantage. Which also increases the possibility of getting caught. I don't want to get caught. You don't want to get caught. Just drive the car, man, or you're going to catch a bullet to the brains! And who's going to drive? Shut this I drive! Not without the ignition code, you won't. Attempting an American accent in this, isn't he? <laughs> he yeah, I, I, I can't. I think he gave up. <laughs> I think he gave up in the third one. I think when they got to the third, he just stopped bothering. I mean, who knows yeah. with Statham? I don't. I think anyone cares anymore. Like we just uh, we gave up on that years ago. But uh, just need the Statham. <laughs> Exactly. The first one is the best of the whole franchise. Um, it has also got, I still think, the best fight scene, which is just Statham getting oiled up down and dirty on a garage floor with some dudes in suits. What's not to love? Sure. I mean, I think <laughs> the third, I think the second movie tried to introduce, incidentally, the idea that Jason Statham's character was meant to be the first gay action hero. 
And then by the time they got to the third one, they just stopped bothering with that and just had him James Bonding chicks left, right and centre. But uh, anyway, something a bit more traditional also coming off to round off our Disney Plus editions for today. I mean, we said about DVD and Blu-ray earlier. Naffle on the DVD and Blu-ray shelves. Yeah. Lately, I think, yeah. I think Cyrano is out on disc next week, so we might get to mention is that. Is that a sign of the times that, that there are no longer the need for DVDs and Blu-rays? Are we moving are they, on? To- possibly just more that we just stopped releasing as many movies for a while for dot, dot, yeah. dot reasons. But uh, anyway, w- one that we probably maybe shouldn't have released from the look of the trailer comes to Disney Plus today to round off the crop. Eugenio Derbez. Star such heavyweight titles as that last version of Overboard starring Anna Faris. Oh, God. Yeah, he's starring in The Valet. This time, his blonde of choice is Samara Weaving. Effectively, the plot this time for this is kind of like Marry Me, but with a bit of mistaken identity. He is a valet oh who gets accidentally mistaken for being in a relationship with a famous Hollywood star played by Samara Weaving, and her publicist makes her go along with the relationship sort of in the eyes of the press, basically to promote a new promote a new movie, new album, something or other. Um, the trailer does not inspire great confidence. I think it's two and a half minutes long, didn't laugh once, you know, the usual kind of also starring Rebel Wilson kind of fair. Um, yeah, that's that's coming to streaming. Make of it what it you It looks want. really awkward. I'm just looking at the trailer as I as yeah. you're talking because I've not I hadn't even heard of this. And I was like, what is he going on about? I mean it looks like trash. And when you said marry me, I was like, yeah that's fine. But actually, that was terrible. If you're saying it's not even as good as that, well, God, what are we in for? Is it even worth your time? So that is available at your discretion and uh, for your sins on Disney Plus uh, from today. Uh, We'll end our sort of note on uh, streaming and everything in between with with something that I've just been educated on, actually. I didn't realise that this was a thing. Uh, This is available on Netflix uh, from today as well. This is Jackass 4.0. Now, Van looked at me as if to say, how do you not know what the 4.5 means? And I said, I have never been a massive Jackass fan. And I'm sure you're going to need to explain this half measure to everyone else. I think you'll find, if you remember, my reaction was, hang on a minute, but you went to uni. Did you not have the jackass experience at uni? Because, you know, I just took it as writ that Too busy every, drinking. Uh, but, but this is, no, the thing is, though, you know when you were pre-gaming? Because it was one of those things you did when yeah. you were pre-gaming. Like, there'd always be a jackass movie on the background somewhere. It was one of the first two or three, I think, the first two, and then the third one came out while I was at uni, I think. Um, and then you got the extended versions called the .5 versions. You got jackass .5, jackass 2.5, and these were the expanded versions. They had everything that got cut out for the theatrical release put back in. So it was a lot more ad-libbed, a lot more free-flowy. And we are getting that version through presumably some sort of contractual snafu. Maybe Paramount agreed to this before they launched Paramount Plus or something like that. Um, but yeah, so Netflix from today, Jackass 4.5. Um, as it happens, Jackass Forever, the fourth movie, was a really fun, really sweet version of a Jackass movie in a very strange way. It was almost, it was a very nostalgic affair. I had a great time with it. I was very charmed by it. But uh, alas, I'm, I'm, I'm an easy mark then for yet more of this. A bear. That was Knoxville's idea. Dude. That was not my idea. Oh, Aaron, it was great footage. <laughs> I, I got to get out of this, this thing. This is, listen, and you're putting honey on me and salmon. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. You asked for that with wearing that shirt. 
That shirt is so perfect. So many books, so little time. <laughs> so good. The bear, when we were filming it, though, I was like, this is getting too gnarly. Like, did, did you see it try to call bite my hand? Yeah. The best is, like, it almost bites his hand. It, it almost bites his hand. Yeah. And we're, like, trying to make the judgment. Do we call it? No, because right away then the bear went for his Dude, oh, I, uh, <laughs> so we're like, oh, let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, God. Ah! They're back. They really are. Uh, and we will be back next week as well. Uh, that rounds us off for this week. But we will be back next week with a whole host of movies and a bit of need for speed, I think. And I was going to say, you've got to not bury the lead on what's going on next week. I mean, let's, let's, let's queue up next week, because we've got Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is coming to cinema screens next week, which means at some point in the next two days, I have to become an expert on Bob's Burgers. I think I've seen a few episodes, but not enough. Um, the new Curzon release, Between Two Worlds, is out next week. Uh, just in time for the, the latest Jubilee, the Platinum Jubilee, I forget, and the Bank Holidays. Mm. Uh, we've got Elizabeth Portrait in two parts out next week. But of course, None of that matters. Not one damn bit of it matters. Because you know what's next week, Bex. You know what comes out on Wednesday. You know what's going to be filling IMAX screens. You know what every boy's night out, what every girl's night out, what every family outing, what every grandparent's outing is going to be, Bex. Take it away, it is... It's Miles Teller on the screen flying some planes, yeah? <laughs> it is, in fact, going to be Miles Teller on the screen flying. Miles Teller with a stash as well. As if I couldn't dislike Miles Teller anymore. They had to give him that ridiculous stash and tell us he's Anthony Edwards' kid. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick next week. The need for speed is back. We're returning to the danger zone. Oh, can't wait. Oh, cannot wait, cannot wait. And we will be bringing that to you with all of our thoughts and much more. Uh, so make sure you join us then. But for now, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. Listener.